When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Sunbelt Nation, welcome in to another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. My name is Matt Miguez, and I am the Underdog Louisiana writer, uh, being joined this week by Mr. Brian Stone, our <laughs> Georgia Southern writer. Uh, Brian, you've got some big news to uh to discuss today and we'll we'll do that off the top georgia southern has hired former usc head coach clay helton to lead their football team uh details of the contract five years with a salary of about eight hundred thousand dollars a year uh pretty impressive for for a g5 contract uh what what are your what are your thoughts on the hire and how does this help the eagles well, the contract, I mean, I think is obviously helped by the fact that USC is still paying him like through the nose for the next, what, two, three seasons or something like that. I don't know how long he had left on his deal. Um, I don't know. I, I was, I guess I would say I was whelmed by the news. Like I wasn't like overwhelmed and I wasn't underwhelmed. I was just kind of like, huh, because I, I said this to you before we started recording. I mean, if you had asked me six weeks ago, do you want Clay Helton to be your next head coach? I'd go, probably not. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not saying we could do better, but like, right. Like he, he's not the name that jumps off the list at you. But he's also a guy who was just canned. You know, it, right. it, it, it's like it's not like you grabbed an up and you're, coming. You're getting, coach you're getting somebody's has. damaged goods. Yeah, and even though it's USC's damaged goods, I mean, like the the knock on him that I have so far is like. I went and read what USC fans think of Clay Hilton and they're still dunking on him like today. Right. And are like, why are they, they were on the tweet that was announcing Clay Hilton to Georgia Southern going, why are Georgia Southern fans happy about this? And it was like, damn, you guys have have a real ax to grind. That's, uh... That, I mean, I, I get that perspective, but at the same time, you know, USC's expectations just due to their history are so through the roof that I feel like it's going to be one of those scenarios that, yeah, Clay Helton didn't work out at USC, but he's going to come to a, sc- a smaller school like Georgia Southern and have success. Well, I mean, we'll see because... Um you know, like Arkansas State hired Butch Jones, uh, who's a bit of a retread. It's year yeah, one. Yeah, but like, it's a real bad year one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they they have the worst defense in the country. <laughs> you were you were not wrong. That that is true. So um, I pulled up a. I was on the college football subreddit today, on the on the thread where they were discussing it, and this is what a USC fan said: uh, "The dude was never more than a position coach." 
uh, when our idiot AD made him the head coach for Blue Blood. He did okay when he had Sarkeesian's five-star recruits to cover for his lack of coaching. Uh, but once all those guys were gone, he had no clue what to do. He refused to hire quality assistants in fear of them stealing his job out from under him. Um, the AD, the new AD came in and hired the assistants for Helton. Um, and then he was clueless when it came to recruiting, tried to get the highest ranked players, regardless of position. They had a JV sized offensive and defensive line. They had four scholarship kickers at one point because he just wanted best player regardless of position. So Mm. I understand they have an ax to grind that fan base, but Mm. that's kind of the reason why, you know, if it was one of those where it was like, if we were hiring Tom Herman, let's say, and and Tom Herman, I had seen build a G five program into a ranked G five program at Houston. I, I would be like, okay, like I understand it. I understand why he's out at Texas. I get all of that. But with Helton, it seems like a, a different deal. It's almost like he's Chad Lunsford, but like on a way bigger scale. And like, I understand he had more success at USC than Chad Lunsford had here, but he also could sell USC. Whereas right. selling it's, Georgia it's US, is a different, a different ball game. Yeah. All you, all you have to do is show him the room with national championship trophies and say, hey, you want one of those? Meet like, our AD, Lynn Swan, one of the most like accomplished right. players ever to play here. Right. Uh, okay. You, you ever you ever seen the Immaculate Reception? Yeah. yeah, that guy. But you know, well, he was on it. He was on one end of it. Franco well, Harris was on the other end of it. But yeah, well, yeah. But and, and you know, one one thing that I, another thing that I want to cover before we move on to recapping the Sun Belt is we're coming at you here on Tuesday, November the 2nd. Uh, tonight, the first college football playoff rankings came out. And we're going to go through the entire top 25. I'm going to read them out to you. And, Brian, you tell me if you agree or disagree. 25, Pitt. Sure. 24, San Diego State. I don't know anything about San Diego State, so sure. 23, Fresno State. Okay. 22, Iowa. I don't even know if I would have them ranked at this point. 21, Wisconsin. I wouldn't probably have them ranked either. 20, Minnesota. Okay. You notice how in that five, there was not a Sunbelt school. Right. Okay. 19, NC State. Okay. Followed by Kentucky. Followed by Mississippi State. Kentucky seems low. Yeah. I, I, I mean... Did, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. I didn't keep up with. Did they lose last weekend? I I don't know. Because if not, their only loss is to Georgia. Yeah, I, I'm really not sure. I didn't I didn't keep up with with the SEC. So Kentucky, Mississippi State, then Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. And BYU. Yeah. A and M at 14. Mm-hmm. Auburn. Baylor. Okay. Oklahoma State. All right. Notre Dame. Ugh. Wake Forest at nine. Yeah, I figured that. Oklahoma at eight. Yeah. Michigan at seven. All right. Cincinnati at six. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. How are you the number two team in the AP poll 
but the number six team in the playoff poll. Because they don't want a G5 team in the playoff. It gets better. Fifth, Ohio State. All right. Fourth, Oregon. All right. Third, Michigan State. I, I can't argue with that. I, I can't argue with that either. Uh, yeah. This this is my argument. Number two, Alabama. Yeah. I I mean, I'd have Michigan State above Alabama. I mean, I mean, but that's that's splitting hairs, right? I mean, it, it, it's it's total. It, this is a perfect example of P five G five bias. I mean, what what did Bama get up to in the AP poll this week? What were they nine? Uh, I don't they had, know. They had, I'm gonna pull it up. They had fallen. They were third in the AP poll. That's a joke. Yeah, they were twelve after they lost to. A&M. That's a joke. The, the, this whole system is is just the most mind-boggling thing that I have ever seen. Somebody brought it up to me the other day, and I thought it was a hell of an idea. You need to go back to a BCS-like system with a playoff picture. Dude, you got to take human bias out of it. Yeah, have to. Because I mean, there, th- money is always in the back of those people's minds. Like they can say whatever they want. Because I, I mean, you know, on the I field mean, results, whatever. Say say what you want about Notre Dame. You know whether you feel like they're overrated or or, or what. But an undefeated Cincinnati team, who has a big win over Notre Dame, should not be sixth. No. In, in, in any in any form or fashion, that should not be the sixth ranked team in America with one, two. Who did you say was five? Ohio State. Yeah, see, you got to bump Oregon aren't, aren't and they, Ohio State aren't, down. Aren't they, aren't they a one-loss team? Yeah, Oregon and Ohio State. They both, both, they've both lost, right. Yeah. Alabama has a loss as well. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Cincinnati You're, should be four. You see, I'd put Cincinnati at third. It should be Georgia, Michigan State, Cincinnati. And then you figure out where you want to put everybody else. Yeah, and then I think, yeah, you're right. And then Oregon, I guess, would be right. four. And then Bama five, Ohio State six. Whatever. How, yeah. yeah, however you want to do it from there. The fact of the matter is, is that an undefeated Cincinnati team should not be out of the top five. I mean, un- until a couple of these teams, and they may not, so it, it's probably going to end up screwing Cincinnati once it's all said and done. Unless one of these teams drop, you know, several of these teams drop a second game, I, I guess it's like Cincinnati's got to hope that Georgia runs the table, beats Alabama in the SEC championship game, hands them their second loss, they're out of it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what you would do. As far as Oregon goes and Ohio State, those two teams might not lose again. Um, right, but 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 to put them ahead of Cincinnati is kind of ridiculous. Right, and then and then you know, like you said, Cincinnati has to hope that these teams lose a second game. They shouldn't have to. No, I agree. That it's just it, it's a total example of P five G five bias, and until you get that bias factor out of it, it's never going to change. No, I 100% agree. Um, 
I mean, this is going to, this year is the best case that we've ever had in the, in the time that the playoffs been around to put a G five team at four. Now, listen, I, I think, I think what, what they're doing is honestly kind of stupid because if they really wanted to rub it in the G five's face, right? What you do is you put Cincinnati four and you leave them at four and you have them play the number one team in the country the first round of the playoff. And if they get waxed, you can always point back and go, see, that's why we don't do it. That, but yeah. at least you gave them a shot, but to just keep straight up, like telling lies to people and being like, right. well, we think blah, blah, blah. We think uh, an Oregon team that lost to Stanford is, is better than this undefeated Cincinnati team. It's like, right. But like, the only way that you're quantifying that is by your own numbers that you're coming. Like the fact that they Oregon beat Ohio state, you, you just stuck Ohio state at like six or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it, it, the only reason that's impressive is because that's where you put them. Yeah. Dude, so it's, it's like, it's just like a feedback loop. Like we, we think Oregon should be ahead of Cincinnati because they beat Ohio state. Well, Ohio state was ranked high because you guys put them in their preseason poll. Right. So, so it like never ends. Like, it's just, it's like that snake that keeps feeding on its own tail and it never ends. Yeah, dude, it's insane. But Um, the one thing I will say is some of the teams that are up, up top will, all that will work itself out because you can't have Michigan state and Ohio state both win the big 10. One of those teams is going to win it. So you have to assume like, say if Michigan state upsets them and wins the big 10, like Ohio state's done. It, Bama plays Georgia one of the unless Bama beats Georgia Bama's out so it's like two there's two down right there Oregon's probably going to pull an Oregon and lose another game to like Arizona State that they have no business losing because right. they always do it so yep. it's like it, it's gonna so, happen so you still think that if Cincinnati can win out that they could be in the playoff well yeah and I think it's well that's with the caveat that these play these teams don't all split. So like Alabama has one loss. If they go to the SEC title game and they beat Georgia and both of those teams have one loss, they're, they're probably both, both getting it. They're both in. They are. Yeah. But I think I mean obviously I think that whoever wins the Big 10 the other team is out whether it be Michigan State or Ohio State. Because Agreed. aren't they in the same side? Of the of the conference, um, because I'm, I think the West or whatever is super weak from what I remember. Like the West is like Minnesota and Wisconsin, I think, and then the East side is like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Maryland, Penn State. Right. So you East. can't have you can't have both of those teams go. Like right. they have to play each other. Whoever loses is out because you can't win your conference. So problem solved there and then on the other side you have minnesota wisconsin purdue iowa Ugh. would be your big names yeah yeah i mean i mean best case scenario uh ohio state uh, ohio state beats michigan state when they go head-to-head and then whoever ends up going from the the west upsets ohio state in the big 10 title games. That's best case scenario for the, for the G five. Right. I don't see it happening, but that's, that's the best thing that could possibly come out of it. Yep. Let's go over 
get some about games from last week. Uh, we will start with the Thursday night game from last week, Coastal Carolina and Troy. Uh, Coastal Carolina was able to survive that one 35 to 28. Grayson McCall, I mean, I know we I know we say it. He was great again, 14 to 26, 294 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Shamari Jones, 14 carries for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Kivani Vidal, 22 carries, 142 yards and a touchdown. 142 yards. That's a solid game in a losing effort. Against Coastal. Right. Who's like one of the better defenses. I mean, you know, they they did the same thing with Troy last year. Like, Troy had them dead to rights, and it took like a late Mm -hmm. touchdown drive. Now, I I will say what killed Troy in this game was Chip Lindsey's decision-making on fourth down because they had multiple fourth and ones where they could have just gone for it and actually tried to win the game, and they punted it away. And I don't know if you're you're aware of this. Uh, for NFL games, there's a Twitter bot uh, called Surrender Bot, where they track uh, win probability based on punts. And I would have loved to have seen like the oh, win yeah. probability go straight in the toilet, like as soon as they decided to punt on fourth and one multiple times. Yeah, that's just you're never gonna win if you don't take big risk like that. I mean, especially against a team that you're not right. you're supposed to be against, right? Yeah, but right. but the last couple of years, I mean, Troy has given Coastal like a run for their money. Now they can't close the deal, but I mean, Coastal last two weeks, not great. No, no, not great. At I all. mean, they're they're. I mean, they're gonna smack Georgia Southern. But the last couple of weeks, like when they've played like actual good teams or like middle to good teams. They've not looked great. No. Looked, uh, and, looked. And think that they have to win out and hope that someone beats App to to make it. And they can't just like, right. you know, rest and on their laurels. And, that, and that's just to make the title game. Mm-hmm. They would yeah. have to win out. App would have to lose one. And then Louisiana would have to lose one for them to host. Oh, I don't think they're worried about. I think they just want to make it. Well, right now, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Because can't be choosing because because as because as it stands right now, a one loss coastal team, a one conference loss coastal team, and a one conference loss Louisiana team, coastal's hosting because they're higher ranked in the AP. Yeah, which but don't even get me started on that. I mean. So going back to this game, Gunnar Watson had a pretty good game too. Um, yep. Two twenty-five, three touchdowns. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what's up with Coastal the last couple weeks, um, but they're not going to have too many more games this season where a team that has them on the ropes is just, just going to decide to hand them the game and go, "Here you go, take right. it back." We'll punt on fourth and no, one dude. and just hope that our defense stops you. Every other team they play the rest of the way. Yeah, if they've got them on the ropes, they're gonna finish the deal, or at least try to. Like they're not gonna just pack it in and park the bus. You see that? Like, that's one done. thing. That's one thing that I'll give credit to Georgia Southern too. Most cases, if you guys have a team on the ropes, y'all find a way to get it done. Well, that's not always the case, especially well, not in, this in year. most in most cases. Yeah, and well, especially I mean, I of years past. Yeah, I mean, when they had 
worse as as quarterback for sure. I mean, I I think it's it's one of those things where it's like our scheme the last couple of years. You know, we run the ball like. 90% of the time. Right. But that's the, that's the thing is like, what do you do when you're trying to run the clock out? You run the football, right. but it's like, if Southern's already doing that and you can't stop it and they're just trying to get out of there. Yeah. It's probably going to break like for a big play here or there. And that's, what's going to like put the lights out. Yeah. So yeah, but the, I, I don't know what's going on with coastal. They need to f- figure it out. Because <laughs> it's, it's going to be rough, rough going. If, they're, uh, they're not as good as people thought they were. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Shocker. I mean, like, what's their best win this year? Buffalo. Yeah, and they should have lost it. Yeah, they should have lost it. Buffalo. I mean, threw a and pick I say in the that quarter. full well, knowing they're going to crack Georgia Southern this weekend. Right. But on the Buffalo, other hand, as far as the grand scheme of the Sun Belt goes. Um, yeah. Buffalo uh, was marching down the great. field late in the fourth quarter to take the lead on Coastal, and Buffalo threw a pick. Buffalo doesn't throw that pick, goes in, scores the touchdown. Buffalo probably wins that game, and Coastal's an afterthought. So, yeah, so it's like they've had two games where they should have easily lost, and then they had one game where, I mean, at bullied them right. in the second half. So right. it's like they could be a three-loss yeah. team right now. They have, and they haven't played anybody. Do you understand? It's the easiest schedule in America, and yeah. they could—they're that close to being a three-loss team. I—I I was honestly kind of shocked by how easy their schedule was. It's looking at it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how easy it is. Four games this past Saturday, App State dismantles Monroe, fifty-nine to twenty-eight. I mean. Chase Bryce just put his foot on the neck of ULM's defense and never let up. Yeah. I mean, 20 of 30, 256 yards, four TDs. This is the difference between the the tiers of the Sun Belt, where it's like the, 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 you know, we just talked about them, but the coastal, the Louisiana, the app are going to do this to most of the time to these teams like ULM. It's like, you guys have done some nice things. You've reeled off a couple of wins. Now it's time to bring you back down to earth and let you know that you're not actually like, you're not on the level with these guys. So did Chandler Chandler Rogers get hurt? uh, I think he did because he did not play. He threw five passes for three yards and a pick. Okay, so yeah, he must have got hurt. Yeah. They had um, someone named Jaya Wright. Yeah. Jaya Wright. It was, it was not good, but could you could run a little bit. I mean, he yeah. had 91 yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate Noel had a good game. Dominated. Uh, 132 and one. Cameron Peoples. Uh, I, I, these stats are kind of mind-boggling. Like, App had 521 yards of offense. They forced five ULM t- turnovers. They had zero themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's, the game was essentially, let's see, it was over by the 1030 mark of the second quarter because it was 28 to zero. Right. So, I mean, like I said, this is the, you know, we, we were impressed with what ULM and Tommy Bowden had been doing the last couple of weeks. You know, they had, really stepped up and kind of surprised us with a couple of good wins. 
and this is where you get taken back down a peg. Right. App State's ridiculously good. Um, real quickly, not much to talk about in this game. South Alabama runs all over Arkansas State. Jake Bentley, four touchdown passes in the first half. And uh, on the other side for quarterback play, South Alabama's defense made Lane Hatcher look silly. Yeah. 19 of 37, 186 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Well, South Alabama's got a really good defense. They do. I mean. They do. Um, didn't they? They just lost ULM last week, right? Yes. Which is shocking that the they gave belt, up 41 bro. to ULM. Um, the fun belt, bro. But, yeah, I mean, this isn't that surprising to me. Arkansas State, I've said it, I've said it week in and week out, worst defense in the country. Um, statistically, I think still are gave up 424 total yards to South Alabama. Um, Jalen Tolbert had two touchdown receptions in the first in within five minutes of one another in the first quarter. Um, <laughs> they were up 28 zero with 621 left. Yeah, and in if it wasn't first half, if it wasn't for a kickoff return for a touchdown by Arkansas State, this would have been a 31 to six game. Mm-hmm. That was their only touchdown. Yep. That was their only touchdown. Yep. Um, Louisiana. They finally covered. Finally covered. They finally covered the spread. We did. We did. 45 to nothing on homecoming. Um, God, just a dominating performance. Maybe you guys should play more games at 1045 in the morning. Dude, you know what? Or whatever it was. I'm going to say this. (laughs) I'm going to say this. Kickoff was at 11. And I was not happy about it. Yeah. They rolled the homecoming parade at 8 a.m. Dude, I, I'm, I'm going to give some props to Cajun Nation because they showed up. Dude, 29,000 people were at Cajun Field Saturday morning. Just imagine, just imagine if that would have been a four o'clock game like homecoming normally is. Yeah, that had been thirty five thousand people. Yeah, yeah, the twenty nine thousand. It was the fourteenth largest crowd in school history, and it was so. We're gonna Cajun fans are calling it the largest crowd in the Billy Napier era because the only one larger was his very first game when we played Grambling State from uh, from North Louisiana. Uh-huh. There were eighty more people <laughs> in that crowd, but. Like 5,000 of those people were Grambling fans. Right. Texas State brought about 200. Uh Uh-huh. So in terms of Cajun fans, it was the largest crowd in the Billy Napier era. So, yeah, dude, Saturday Saturday was some of the most fun I've had at a Cajun game in a long time. Yeah, I mean, Levi Lewis set what? The the program record 65th career passing touchdown in this game yeah um you know this was you know we talked about bad levi lewis last week this is good levi lewis you know 228 yards three three scores only what 10 incomplete passes like out of 32 attempts pretty he, he was he was efficient um uh, he he did he did more than what was expected of him more than likely um but not looking at the stat line just watching the game I mean, he, he still, and, and it, 
I'm not knocking Levi here. I mean, every quarterback does this, but he he's missing receivers on easy crossing routes. He's throwing balls behind him. I mean, dude, there was one play we ran a guy just on a simple slant route, quick, simple quick slant. If he hits him in stride, dude, that receiver's walking into the end zone. Yeah, throws it behind him. Mm. Like, it happens. Yeah, it, it happens. But, man, dude, a fifth-year senior, third full season starting, you got you to gotta at least hit you guys. I don't know, man. I've seen Patrick Mahomes do that this year. So, <laughs> so I can't knock, Pat, I can't knock a college player. Good <laughs> can Lord. I, can I ask you a question? Yeah, And maybe you can provide some context for this. So, I'm looking at the scoring log for this game. When you guys scored a touchdown in the third quarter to go up 26 to zero, why did which, you go for two? Which touchdown was this? The third the Jaylen quarter, Jalen Williams, Williams had okay. a three yard. T- you went for yeah, two yeah. up 26. Were you trying to cover the spread? No, uh, you, you were trying to make it an even 28 point game. What does it matter at that point? Up four four touchdowns. What does it matter if it's twenty seven or twenty eight? Hey, dude, there, there's a method to the madness. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Napier was like, "What's the spread on this one?" Okay. I mean, I need to make sure we cover. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the spread time. the spread was twenty one, so the spread was already covered at that point. Maybe he just wanted to be like, if if Texas State scores, we push. And you know the the funny thing is that's the touchdown pass that broke the record for Levi. Yeah, um, yeah. Now Levi can say he threw more college touchdown passes than a longtime NFL quarterback. I mean, who was it? Doug Peterson, Jake Delhomme, Jake Delhomme, uh, Jake Delhomme. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and then the last game, the Battle of Georgia, State over Southern, twenty-one to fourteen. You know, Brian, I'm looking at the. Um, well, I would say I would be looking at the scoring summary, but I don't see one. Oh, there it is. You guys had a Logan Wright touchdown with a minute and 39 to tie the game. What happened? They just let Georgia State walk down the field on them. I mean, it was, it was one of, if you go back, I can send you, there's a guy on YouTube that uploads all of our games. If you want to watch the last drive, I can send you the link to it. They literally do I, do I want to? It's the I mean it's the easiest drive you'll ever see. <laughs> I mean I mean seriously, like it was it was like they they were like walking the dog down the field and it was just no So I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there. Clay Helton, new Georgia Southern head coach. Um if Justin Tomlin is named the starter next year and starts more than two games I am opting out of the 2022 uh, college football season. I can't watch this guy play another year of quarterback, my guy. I just can't. My guy. He, he okay, he threw his first career touchdown pass oh, in the second quarter. He's a junior. Keep that in mind. The next drive or the drive after, they're driving again. They get all the way in the red zone. He throws a ball into double coverage. It gets picked off. They didn't get near the red zone until 139 
left in the fourth quarter when Logan Wright cashed it in. It's just bad. It's it's, like, a, it's, really it's a bad, bad it's a bad time to be in Statesboro, dude. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad time to be in and Statesboro. Th- and this will show I mean this will show what Helton's made out of. Yeah. If, for sure. if, if and, and you can, know you know I think that's can I think that's his teams. I think that's a big reason why he took a job like this. This will prove to the rest of the country what he's got. Yeah. If he turns so, Georgia Southern around, he's going to be a name for other high quality jobs. Yeah. So I, and and uh, this kind of loops back into what we were talking about. I have heard rumblings that they're looking at Western Kentucky's co-offensive coordinator for their offensive coordinator. Um, okay. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Now, but he, he coaches me, under Tyson Helton, who is the head coach at Western Kentucky. Is that Clay's son or brother? I, I think it's his brother. Brother. Okay. I was about to say Clay's, so. Clay's kind of young. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this co offensive coordinator at Western, offensive coordinator at Georgia Southern. Is that an upgrade? Well, I think it's just like he goes from co-offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. Yeah. The guy's name is Brian Ellis. Um, He's the co-offensive coordinator slash inside receivers coach is what it says. Um, The one thing I'll say is I do think it's an upgrade because you get to be the guy calling plays because I guarantee Hilton's not doing it. Um, But I mean, Western Kentucky, I looked it up, is averaging 41 points a game on offense this year. Hmm. So it's not the worst idea in the world. Right. I mean, and and clearly, like, if Tyson Helton, his brother, thinks the guy's legit, he's probably recommending him for the job. Right, right. So, yeah, I, mean, I guess I guess what I was actually pay off. I guess what I was just wondering is the Western Kentucky to Georgia Southern kind of seems like a lateral move to me. But I, I get your point. The co-offensive coordinator being just being the guy, I think that would make. I mean, Scott Sloan before he became our defensive coordinator was the co-DC at App. Yeah, and took the job at Southern because he is the defensive the guy, coordinator. Right. There's yeah. no co. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so definitely interesting if uh, if that hire could be pulled off because I mean Western Kentucky's had a decent offense for. A few years now. So I, I want to add something more about this game on the Georgia State side. They obviously did enough to win. Congrats. You beat a really bad Georgia Southern team. You know, credit where credit's due. Darren Granger in the first half was awful. Was Did, absolutely awful. Darren, if you're listening, can you be awful again on Thursday, please? He the only reason they didn't score more points is because he could not hit his receivers right. until the second half started. He also, he does not feel pressure like in the pocket, like he doesn't sense it. So it's like, you've watched a ton of Drew Brees. Yeah. Let's say, you know, like, okay. Drew Brees is one it. big, great, one great thing in the pocket was when he feels the pocket closing, he steps up into mm-hmm. it and makes a throw. There was none of that from Granger. There were multiple times where an offensive lineman is getting shoved back into him and he tries to throw it over the guy's shoulder as he's getting shoved into his face. God, that's awful. I'm saying like, I I know it was so bad in the first half. I checked their school Twitter account when they were tweeting. Georgia state was tweeting out the score. 
people were wanting Claude Brown to come back in. Right. Who they is were now like, entering the transfer portal. Right. And they were like, I think we've been too harsh on Quad. They were <laughs> way like, too harsh on Quad. Quad should have been the starter this year. Well, he was. And then he wasn't because they started so bad, but like their schedule sucked. Right. He wasn't going to beat like Army and Auburn and North and, like, Carolina. All these and yeah, he wasn't beating North Carolina. Or or who do they who else did they play early like at, they played it was, like it was at Army or Coastal it was Army North Carolina Charlotte was Charlotte, their one win Auburn Auburn that was their first four and then I think they went straight to um let's see week five they had App yeah yeah so then, I mean but but I'm just telling you like that was what I saw um. I know Granger was a transfer from Furman, um, but as long as he's their quarterback, they're they're going to be a middling Sun Belt okay. school. That's fine. Because speaking of Georgia State, five games in the Sun Belt this week, and we'll start th- Thursday night. Georgia State, Louisiana, from Cajun Field, six thirty on ESPN. Cajuns minus twelve. Give me the minus twelve. Yeah. I, I don't see a world from what I saw from Georgia state. You can say whatever you want, make any excuses you want. They only scored 21 points against like one of the worst passing defenses in the country last yep. week. No, sorry. The worst passing defense in the country last week. So I don't think they're, I mean, they're not going to probably score three touchdowns against you guys. I hope you're right. I'm nervous about this game. I could see this being 31 to 14. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, but then, you know, in, in Lafayette, we call it CDS, uh, Cajun Disaster Syndrome. <laughs> uh, every now and again, we just find a way to bring, you know, like 2007 back where we lose to McNeese at home. Yeah. And, and just, or you know, per- perfect example uh, was um, Nichols. Dude, if it's not for a pick six, we lost to Nichols. Yeah. Like, well, we're, we're always worried that something like that's going to happen. Well, just think it could be worse. You could be a Georgia Southern fan and have to endure a two win season every four years. That's true. That's true. Four games on Saturday. We'll start App State, Arkansas State. App um, State's going to tear their face off. I don't even know where it's being played. It's in Jonesboro. At 21 points. 20, at, at minus 21. Give me the 21s. Yeah. App's going to tear their face off. ULM, Texas State. Texas State's homecoming. Uh, so it's in San Marcos. Texas State minus three and a half. So I, I'm going to say, I'm going to take you on Monroe. Take the world. Plus three and a half. Yep. I, I wanted to run this by you. Yep. What do you think about future Texas State coach Gary Patterson? <laughs> you know, you are not the first person to talk about that. Yeah. Um, you're, you're not the first person that's asked me about that. Yes. Uh, if I could be a hundred percent honest, uh, I think that'd be a great hire for Texas state, but at the same time, and and you might think I'm crazy for this. I don't think they've given Jake Spavital a fair shake. No, I feel like they have. I don't don't think I don't think I don't think that their university has put in the resources 
needed to run a successful FBS football program. And the reason that I say that is, I don't know if you saw this, but shortly after we demolished them, their AD wrote a letter to fans talking about how disappointed he is in the performance and blah, 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 and how they must be better and how starting now they're going to invest all kinds of money into the football budget and blah, 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 and they're going to turn this team around. And, like, dude, I don't think they've given Spavitol the resources he needs. I don't know. I just if Gary Patterson if he, if if the AD at Texas State reaches out to Gary Patterson and, and Gary Patterson has, wants yeah of, of course even has like a modicum of interest I think you got to cut Spavitol loose and, and and I agree with you if 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 Gary Patterson wants the job you hire Gary Patterson can I and, and let's say Patterson gets hired if you hopped in a time nice. machine and went back five years or if I hopped in a time machine and went back five years and I told you. Clay Helton at Georgia Southern is going to face Texas State and Gary Patterson. I would have laughed Whoa. in yeah. your face. Because <laughs> Clay Helton, I think, was coming off oh, of a Rose and, Bowl. And, and, at that and, point. And, and five years ago, if you would have told me that the Cajuns would be ranked, I would have once again laughed in your face. Mm-hmm. Because five years ago, do you want to know what our record was? Five and seven. Yeah, six and seven, actually. Oh, okay. It was six and six. We got into the New Orleans Bowl because the Sun Belt was horrible back then. Uh-huh. And yeah, we, we lost to Southern Miss in the in the bowl game to finish six and seven. Yeah. Um But yeah, and that if was I had hopped in and that was a year removed and that was a year removed from being four and eight. Yeah. If I went in a time machine and told you that those were the two coaches taking over those teams. I would have fallen over from laughter. <laughs> Yeah, no, never, never in my wild. If you would have told me five years ago that the Sun Belt would be a better conference than Conference USA, I would have laughed at you. If I had told you Texas and Oklahoma were going to the SEC, you would have laughed. Yep, never would have dreamed it. Dude, do you know how wild Texas and LSU as a division game not just a conference game, a division game is going to be. Does Texas get to bring the monkey to Death Valley? God, I hope so. <laughs> God, I hope so. That's the one time in my life that I will scream hook em horns. <laughs> one time in my life that I will say hook em horns. Um, let's Pole see. Assassin. Did we just talk about Monroe and Texas State? Yeah. I, okay. I, I said that I'll take ULM plus three and a half. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm taking the Warhawks. Uh, Depending on the injury news for Chandler Rogers. um, See, I don't know, though, because but Tyler Vitt played against you guys and he was absolutely awful. So I don't know if I can. Except except for with his feet. Yeah, I know. But if he plays, if he starts again, I don't I don't know that I can pick Texas State. Good point. Good point. Um, South Alabama, Troy. This is a good game. It's going to be a good game. It is. Uh, They are playing in Troy, and it is Troy minus four. I think I'll take South Alabama plus four. I I think this could be a field goal game. Um, Outside of that one weird game where they they let up 41 to UL Monroe, I mean, they've been solid. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't touch the spread. Give me the under of 48. 
Give you I could numbers. see both of these defenses play. I could see this being 17-14 yep. as a final score. Yep, that's fair. And uh, the last game, <laughs> Coastal Georgia Southern. Uh, they will be at Paulson. Mm-hmm. Coastal minus 20. Give me the 20. You could have set this line in any number, and I would have been no, like, yep. No hope. Nope. No hope. None. Yeah. Um, shots minus 20. No, no. At least Justin Tomlin will get to see what a real quarterback looks like. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just so sick of see- seeing him every Saturday. We're going like, to we're gonna, we're gonna start a segment, and we're going to call it Brian Stone, the Georgia Southern apathist. Yeah. So we're going to call it. But, here, but here's the thing. Late in the season, I did this in I did this in 2016. Do you get apathetic every year? No. Uh-uh. I was, no, I was fully all in last year when they won eight games. Um, 2017 or 2016, I can't remember. Whatever other season they won two games, I did this where I, I'm just being brutally honest, like how I feel like they're just floundering. And so fans of other teams started getting mad when I would write previews that were like, like app did this, had some fans that got mad about this. I I wrote a preview that was like damning Georgia Southern was like, they have no shot in the world. They're going to get smoked final score 42 to 14. And then ad fans came back at me. were like, that's just sour grapes. And I was like, um, why? Because I, don't think we're going to win. Right. Like, would you rather write me write a thing? That's like, we're going to upset you guys. Like, so I think what it is, is they get mad because they can't talk smack because I'm already like, right. I agree with you. Right. right. And that makes people more pissed off. It's like when they're, when they're like, your team sucks. I'm like, yeah, we know. They're like, your quarterback sucks. Yeah. Yeah. We know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Brian, as we wrap this up, man, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Uh, give me the other, the over in the coastal Georgia Southern game too. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Watch the Stone. There is a chance that Coastal could hit the over by themselves. Uh, the over sixty and a half. They could score sixty three. Cool. Um, it depends on how bad Jamie Chadwell wants to punish this school for passing on him multiple times in the hiring process. Yeah. Um, because he could put the foot the he, foot he on could, the on he the could face. say run it up, mm-hmm. yeah, and Good he wouldn't point. be wrong in doing it. No. I mean, everybody who made those decisions is already out the door. But um, yeah, if he just wanted to like smush their faces in just to prove how wrong they were about it, I, he wouldn't be wrong. And also, he could do it. You could find me on social media at Miguez Matt. Uh, my Louisiana Georgia State preview that I'm tag teaming with our Georgia State writer Zeke Palermo will be available either tomorrow afternoon or Thursday morning. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Brian, you have, you have a timeline for when your Georgia Southern preview will be available? Uh, all my previews typically post Friday around like 10 a.m. Must, um, must be nice to play on Saturdays consistently. <laughs> well, when you're not a primetime team, yeah, it is. Um, I will be hosting w- once again a Georgia Southern event session on Twitter spaces after the game where people can join me and just talking about anything they want to talk about, but mostly about uh, just what shambles this team is in. 
Oh my god. I don't even know what to say. I, I, I would tell you this. I would be joining that event session if I didn't have a concert to go to Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, dude, 75 people joined your last one. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I had nuts. so many people. So so when people join, too, there's a default setting where it makes this pop noise. Right. And there was a point where I was talking. Someone asked me, they were like, who's your top three head coaches you want right now? And honestly, I couldn't come up with names because people were joining and leaving so fast that the popping noise was right, like was just so much happening so fast. Right, that I was right. like, uh, I don't know. I don't know any coaches right now. <laughs> for brian stone and matt miguez this has been another edition of the underdog dynasty sunbelt podcast